0: dive deep into the realm of large language models, prompt engineering, and best practices. With over 25 years of combined AI and product engineering experience, here are your hosts, Bradley Arsenault and Justin Macarin.
1: Hey, Justin. Hello, Brad. Justin, do you remember 2018 when we were working on that uh, chatbot? I mean it was mostly you working yeah. on it, but yeah. you know, I I did some programming there. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> good <in> old days. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you remember that confusion matrix and no, many examples? Curve. Yeah. Oh yeah. The ROC curves and man, the data sets that we had to build back then to get those chatbots to even do, like,
0: basic, trivial stuff. It's completely changed now, though, right? <laughs> it's, it's and honestly, I think this is one of the greatest things about these large language models. You know, we can actually start from zero.
1: I used to actually, I had this chart that I presented on a bunch of presentations when I did consulting where I I would show a flywheel. Okay. And it would be like data leads to algorithm performance, which leads to users, which leads to more data. And, uh, you know, and I I would use it as an example is like uh, to bootstrap your model, you have to intervene at one place, one of these places. Like you have to get users without the algorithm or you have to somehow make an algorithm that works without data. You somehow have to get the data without the users. But with these language models, we finally have a way to get the data without the users we we have a way to bootstrap our ai products from zero
0: yeah and and i guess these large language models you know as as a result now now that we don't need you know 10,000 samples to kind of build our first kind of initial model it's it's not only saving us a lot of time but it's saving us a lot of money
1: yeah yeah absolutely and accelerating the the different things that we can do with these models um man i i if we could just take like gpt three code and just like go backwards in time to twenty seventeen, like we would be billionaires, yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess, you know, this 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 new way of doing things, if if we want to call it, you know, a prompt life cycle where we can start from zero and then all the way at the end of the life cycle, you know, we have, say, Five hundred thousand samples, and now we could actually train a, a, a purpose-driven, you know, dedicated model. I think it would be super interesting to kind of walk through that and kind of identify um, areas of opportunity, areas of concern. And it's interesting because the other day I I actually fine tuned, you know, a large language model. The the goal over here was to build a LinkedIn commenting engine. And okay. I built out a front end where the generated large language model output would would come on to. And on this front end, it was like a text field input box. And I'd be able to like edit the comment and, and save it. And and or and and publish it. And every time I click that save slash publish button, it would get saved into a database and it would get published on linkedin so you
1: started with a prompt where you're like here's this linkedin comment please or here's this linkedin post please generate me a comment That's that that was
0: your prompt yes that was my prompt you know given this the, the 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 preceding you know linkedin post generate a comment and to be very frank with you the results were terrible like <laughs> generate really bad results initially it like very markety very salesy and not very natural so what i did is is i kept on like modifying those and every time that i modified it it gets saved to a database right and before you knew it um you know i had a few examples so i copy pasted those examples into my very first few shot model where i had maybe you know like you know um like 10 10 or 20 examples and um and that model performed relatively well, like, well, a lot better than than the the no example model.
1: OK, and so you you started with the zero shot prompt uh, yeah. with just instructions. You're like, write me this thing. Yeah. Then you took those examples. You didn't just take any examples, though, did you? What Did you choose which examples to include in your few
0: shot prompt? Yeah, I, I basically chose the the best examples. I chose the examples that I modified. I chose the examples that I found, you know, had a good degree of variability, um, and and that's kind of of the decision that that went through that good variability and high quality, um, and and in this you know few shot model, what what I had is I had like input and output, you know, input capitalized input colon post output colon comment input colon post output colon comment and that model performed really well um or a lot better than than my initial model and and i kind of continued to um use that newer improved model to continue the collection of data and over time you know my database got bigger and bigger and bigger and before you knew it i had a hundred examples, and or maybe not a hundred examples, but a hundred high-quality examples. So let's walk through this process. So you started with
1: a prompt. It, it, you are getting bad results, but you kind of manually edited them, put them back into the prompt, and you're getting mediocre results. That's right. Kind of, you, you, you generate like 200 of them. You choose your best 20. You put them back into the prompt. Now you're getting okay results. That's and then right. Okay. Now... You collect an even bigger data set, and you 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 keep expanding this. At, at each step, the model's getting a little bit better. You're improving the results, which allows you to collect the data faster because you don't need to edit anything as as often. Exactly. Which then allows you to feedback, um, get even more examples. So, what did you
0: do as you reached these one hundred examples? So, like as a basic rule of thumb, um when I reach a hundred examples for these large language models, I, I try to like fine tune a model, um, because, you know, feeding a prompt with two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 tokens can get pretty expensive. So as soon as I can build my first fine tuned model, I'll do it. And typically that first model will actually perform on par or better. Um, than that initial fuchsia model and then i just keep on building from there so you
1: you now have your first fine-tuned model with 100 examples would you say at this point that your results are starting to look good enough that you can just like either accept or reject like you're no longer editing them
0: i i'd say that i'm i i think it would depend on the use case in in my personal experience with this you know comment generation thing it's very very difficult for these large language models to understand personality it's very very difficult for these large language models to kind of understand tone and feelings so i felt like a hundred samples i i just wasn't there yet to kind of say all right you know do your thing um so while the output was materially better, I still found myself um, editing those comments and they weren't big edits, like they were minor changes, but I, I still did it. And I did it happily because I knew that every time that I made that modification, it would get saved to my database and it would be building up a much better data set for my next fine tuning. So where do
1: where's the diminishing returns? Like you're now you're starting to build up five hundred say examples that you have human verified, uh, and now you're fine tuning a model with five hundred examples. Is is there is there a a diminishing returns like a point where you just don't you you've got enough examples?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure that there's a diminishing return, right? Like even in our classical models, like. There's a certain point where even if you give it, you know, two billion to eight, like pieces of data, it it will not get better because the algorithm just isn't there. Um, So there's definitely a diminishing return. I think that, you know, in my example, fine tuning it initially with 100 works well, and then like maybe moving up to 250, 300, 400, in some cases, 500, then I think we're really getting in a good spot. Um, where we can kind of let it go or or where where now we're seeing you know quality' like real high quality outputs
1: so in in your experience, you kind of start getting that hitting that diminishing returns point at five hundred examples
0: a little lower, I'd say like like maybe two fifty three hundred and and once again, that's my personal experience, and I'm sure that everyone's experience. Totally. Mary, right? Depending on the complexity of the prompt, the length, all those. those I mean, co- contrast
1: that to 2018. I used to have a rule of thumb that I would uh, spout to any client that asked me where um, you get diminishing returns at around 10,000 examples per class, per class in your category. Why? Um, and, you know, there, but there is an advantage to having those really large data sets. So you know you hit that diminishing return point, you put the model into production and you just start you just keep building the data. you're just watching keeping track of whatever the model is producing. What can you do then? like uh, what can you do with that data after you've been building it up for say a year or two?
0: Yeah, well I depending on on what the application is, I think that that there's very interesting stuff that we could start to do a lot earlier um especially when it comes to like really basic or simple tasks like say ner so if you're extracting keywords or um you know trying to generate hashtags or maybe you know um trying to classify stuff in certain categories whether it's a binary classification or 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 multi-class classification i think that now we could start thinking of building you know custom models that are designed for that specific purpose. Um, And, and I think that, that when we start to do that, I think that now we're moving away from the large language model space, right? We're building purpose-driven models that are, you know, cheaper to run and can also infer a lot faster, which now improves the quality of the application. Um, and in some cases, it might even provide better output, like the accuracy might even improve, right? Um, so that's kind of, of where I see things going at this point. So as as you're
1: saying, as as we get to these, we've, we've, we're letting our model, our prompt run in production, we're building data. As we start to get to really large um, data sets, then... We can kind of do more purpose built models. We don't need the large language model anymore. We can go with a regular language model, maybe even a small language model. And we can now we're saving money, we're saving costs. um, Or maybe we're even just doing a, a basic classifier.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think that there are a lot of really neat little models out there, like even in the large language model space, right? Like Google has a T5 model. I think it's like 250 megabytes, super small. There is um, there's Llama 2. It's a little bigger, it needs GPU, but still like like in some cases these models will perform faster and better when you present it with really high quality like like a good amount of high quality um, data for for training purposes. So I I definitely think that's like a natural next step in this prompt you know development life cycle fine-tuning you know um purpose-built dedicated models yeah so i really
1: love this concept that we're talking about here this prompt life cycle and i see a lot of um i can see how this this progresses naturally you know where you you start from nothing you kind of bootstrap, you build up, you get better, you get better, you get better, you get better, and um, and eventually you end up with a massive data set and uh, a purpose-built classifier that could work in milliseconds uh, doing your problem. And none of it required any significant amount of labeling. Like, how much, how much actual manual effort did your LinkedIn example uh, require?
0: don't get me wrong it still required manual intervention and 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 you know modification and editing and all this kind of stuff but relative to where we were in 2018 it's 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 decreased significantly um so i i got sung up and running you know a lot better quality you know a lot faster never would you imagine doing that back back then right um you're able to do that now in, in a few days. And and you could even potentially, you know, build your first purpose-driven model in, in as little as a few weeks or, or even months. So I think we're in a very, very, very good spot right, here, right now.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that's really been unlocked with this potential, right? Uh, so many startups ideas that I had back in 2018, but I uh, could not possibly build because I just could not get the data.
0: Yes, yeah, just well, not possible. Anyways, Brad, um, I think this was a good discussion, and I'm really looking forward to our next one. Yeah, I think um, these podcasts are coming along great, Justin, and uh, I really enjoy talking to you. I I do too, man. I you are a fascinating person to chat with, and 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 you bring a lot to to the table. All right, that's that's wonderful, Justin, and and uh, I learn a
1: lot from you every single time we chat. So, let's let's uh, hang this up.
0: Good stuff. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe and stay updated on our latest content. We appreciate your support.